Well, we're in chapter 28, the last chapter of Matthew. It's been, um, it's been very interesting. I did not, I should say I planned it because I would, I would seem really smart, but I think y'all know better. Um, it's, it's just God's doing that we ended up at Easter time at the end of, um, uh, the Holy Week, we ended up right at chapter 26 of the book of Matthew. Uh, so all of that stuff that's going on at the same time that we're, uh, uh the season that we're in. And, uh, that, that was really awesome because I didn't just study Matthew. I was studying, um, I was studying Mark, Luke, and John at the same time, as well as all the Psalms and Isaiah and all the places that, uh, that are quoted, all the Old Testament stuff. So this has been a blessing for me. Um, and I've been studying the Bible pretty, pretty strongly for 50 years, um, teaching it. When I was a youth person, I taught in my own youth group. So um, it, it's... Uh, but it's still always exciting to me. God's Word is just so awesome. If you liked Game of Thrones or, or the Tolkien trilogy or something like that, and you, you it's, it's literature stuff that uh, writings, they're writings where a whole world is invented. And when you, when the idea that that this was an invention of man, that man made up this story and all. It's just, it's, it's impossible because as awesome as J.R.R. Tolkien, the guy that wrote The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings, they, um, as, as awesome as he was, there, there are things about it that aren't perfect. But this is in the real world, and, the, and I've said it before, there's stuff in the Bible that represents scientific statements about the way the world is that we didn't even know they existed, like dinosaurs and things like that. We didn't know that stuff existed. And and then discoveries are made that don't, and the age of enlightenment would have, enlightenment would have you believe that we've moved past the idea that these fables and myths are true. It, it The opposite is true. The scientist discovers things that, prove the Bible more all the time. Um, things about the physical universe. Anyway, it's exciting to me to study Scripture. Um, and, and when you see it play out in a life of a person of faith, it's just a, utterly amazing. So we ended up with Jesus getting buried in, in, in Joseph of Arimathea's tomb. So Joseph and Nicodemus... Come and get Jesus' body. And I talked about this on Sunday morning, that the, the tomb that Jesus was laid in was a freshly made tomb. And it's the Cadillac of tombs. It, it's cut into limestone, so it's solid rock. And they've essentially <clears throat> dug out a cave in the side of a mountain and, but it's all squared off, and there's little tables and shelves for for bodies to lie on. And there's one big shelf that's like a mortuary table or something where you prepare the body and put the spices on it and, and treat it and all that kind of stuff. 
But then the this rolling stone is the thing that you got to get. It's it's like a vault door, a round wheel type stone that rolls in a crevice and that's been cut in the ground. So it, there's a there's a rock that holds it open, and when you knock that rock out, the it rolls down hill, the hill that's cut in that thing and seals that seals the tomb off where nobody can get in there unless they bring several men to move that stone. And it kept grave robbers, which are... It, grave robbery was a, something that went all the way up until the early 1900s. And, um, and certainly in those old... Uh, in antiquity, they were robbing graves and stuff like this. So they, that kept it from happening. It proves that the disciples didn't come and steal the body away with all the Romans there and all that. Um, and that was a tomb that had never had a body in it. All the, all the Gospels say that. And, um, of course, they, then they come back the next morning after a guard and they discover that he's not there. And we looked at John on, on Sunday morning. But here's Matthew chapter 28, the last chapter of Matthew. It's not very, it's not terribly long. Um, so... Friday night, Friday afternoon, when uh, the crucifixion happens, they have, they're in a hurry to get those bodies down because they can't stay there over the Sabbath. And they that's why they were going to break the legs and all that stuff, and it hastened their death. Didn't have to do that to Jesus because he's already dead, but just in case they poke him in the side... They get him down, they, they take his body, and they hurry and get it prepared as much as they can very quickly to get it buried because once they kick that stone out of the way and it rolls down, I mean, it, I mean, picture, they're looking at their watches, countdown, countdown, countdown. Okay, it's 6 o'clock, everybody stop. That's the way they did when, it, when the Sabbath came around. You, because at that point, you couldn't turn on the, you couldn't turn a light, you couldn't light a light. You couldn't, you couldn't, Get the forks out. You already had to, you had to have the forks out already because as soon as six o'clock hits, that everything stopped. So then they can't do anything else. And Jesus' body is there. Well, um, then six o'clock on Saturday, twenty-four hours later, uh, the Sabbath is over, and they can go out and make some preparations. Because they're going to they're going to treat the body of Jesus the next morning, uh, but they had to wait until it got that because they went from dark to dark. That's when Sabbath was. So they're uh, they were prevented from making any other preparations during the Sabbath time, and so they didn't go to the tomb until early on Sunday morning. And so in chapter twenty eight, verse one, it says. Turn it on. <laughs> High tech stuff. Thank you, Jeff, for helping me out there. <laughs> now, after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, as the first day of the week began to dawn, 
In every one of the Gospels, it says, in Matthew, it began to dawn. In Mark, it says in verse 2, and very early in the morning. In Luke, it says, very early in the morning. In John, it says, when it was still yet dark, Mary shows up. Um, Mary Magdalene and the uh, the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake. And there were several Marys involved at the crucifixion. Mary, the mother of Jesus. I don't think that's who this is. I think this is uh, Mary, the mother of uh, James the Lesser. I think that's who it was. Um, or no, yeah, doesn't matter. That one of the other Marys came to see the tomb and behold, there was a great earthquake for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven. I think that stuff has already happened. It didn't before they got there. There's a great earthquake and an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. (laughs) His countenance was like lightning and his clothing was white as snow and the guards shook for fear of him. The word for shook and the word for for the great earthquake are the same word. So this earthquake happens and you know, if I was asleep and all of a sudden this great big stone starts starts rolling, that would, I mean, feel like a train or something like that. Um, but they're shaking on the inside. They're having an earthquake inside them at the same time. Um, and the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. What does that mean? I, I think they fainted or... <laughs> Maybe they pretended like they were asleep or pretended like they were dead, um, which would probably good, be a good thing to do. Um, but I, I think that they were knocked out, didn't know what was going on. But the angel answered and said to the women there, don't be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen as he said, as he said. I mean, that's, that's pointed out several times. He is risen, as he said. Come, see the place where the Lord, where he once was. Come see where he was. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And indeed, he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. So the I, I don't know if y'all... Frederick Handel's uh, Hallelujah Chorus the, from the Messiah... He, those are the words right there. He's risen, just as he said. Go now and tell his disciple that Jesus Christ is no longer dead. Hallelujah. Uh, that was free. Y'all don't have to pay for that. Um, there, uh, and he's, but they, the angel tells him, he's going to go before you into Galilee, and there you will see him. Read that, And I read over it again because... That's, that's not the first place that they're going to see him. They're going to see him in just a few hours. That night, Jesus shows up where they are. Um, when he says, he's going before you and there you will see him. I, I think that Jesus, there was a plan for him to go and make a presentation of himself so that a lot of people in Galilee was where he had all his ministry. He's crucified and and buried in Jerusalem down here. And they have to go up beyond Samaria, up to the Sea of Galilee, and all of the region around the Sea of Galilee, way up in the north, is where he's headed 
to. Because all the people that followed him that went back there, that's where all the fishermen were from. All of them were from up in Galilee. That's where he grew up. In, uh, and so he's going to go back up there and appear to all the people that knew him very well. Uh, and it, he, he's there for 40 days and over 400 people saw him is what scripture says. So all of that's the plan, but that's not the first time that they're going to see him. So they went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to, to bring his disciples the word. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them on the way. That's in all, in all the gospels is that, that somehow in, in the gospel of John, what it says is that when, they, when, she, when Mary goes back and tells them, it says that... Uh, Peter and John, John, the brother of James, one of the sons of Zebedee, they run to the tomb. And it, it's funny because John is the one that writes it. And he says, but, but the disciple whom Jesus loved, he doesn't ever refer to himself as I or John or anything like that. But he says the disciple that Jesus loved, he got there first. <laughs> and, but Mary is, arrives there about the same time. It's John said he looked into the tomb and Peter actually went inside the tomb. Uh, but Mary stood outside and looked in while they were going. And after they're gone, she goes in there and there's angels in there. And I think it was immediately, my thought is that Jesus, that the angels were there the whole time, but Peter couldn't see them in there. He because he just, his mind isn't in the right place to see it. Mary was a person who was more prepared to be able to see Jesus. So she turns around and Jesus is standing right there. But this says that they went, they were on the way and, and Jesus is there. Whatever it was, they all saw Jesus during, during this first, first thing in the morning. Behold, Jesus met them saying, rejoice. So they came and held him by the feet and worshiped him. In John, it says, he says, don't, you can't hug me because I've not gone to the Father yet. He's a, I mean, he's apparently in this spirit body and maybe he doesn't actually have a corporate, corporeal body. He uh, yet offered himself as a sacrifice, as an offering in heaven. Okay. Well, yeah, whatever it was, he hadn't gone to the Father yet. And so don't touch me. There, there's a lot of a, a lot of thoughts on on the reasoning for that, but here it says they actually touched him at or held on to him by the feet and worshipped him. But Jesus said, "Don't be afraid. Go and tell my brethren to go to Galilee, and there they will see me." I I don't know if that was for all of the disciples that were supposed to get word out or whatever, because they see Jesus in just a little bit. Now while they were going, but. But you have to go to the other Gospels to see all that. It's, it's not going to be, he's not going to say it here in Matthew. You have to go to Mark, Luke, or John to get all that. Uh, while they were going, behold, some of the guard came into the city and reported to the chief priests all the things that happened. So they go in there into Jerusalem and say, man, here's what happened. The stone rolls away. We saw this guy is really shiny. And, uh, um, and we've... Something happened. We fell down like we were dead. At least that's the story they were telling. Uh, 
all the things that had happened, and when they had assembled with the elders and consulted together, uh, which this is the leaders, they gave a large sum of money to the soldiers, saying, tell them, his disciples came and I and stole him away while he slept. And if this comes to the governor's ears, we'll take care of him, we'll satisfy him and make you secure. So he said, don't worry about it, you won't get in trouble. I don't know how they could guarantee that because I'm pretty sure that's the Roman soldiers. not, And there may have been temple soldiers in the middle of that, but I'm pretty sure that was the Roman soldiers, Sarge. In my opinion, having read about the Romans, even the chief priest would have had to ask permission of his own guards on that too. Okay. Had they been Roman soldiers, they would have been put to death. That's right. Because they failed in their duty. I believe that the Jews, not saying that is a bad thing, right? were used to bribing people <laughs> and covering up their deceitfulness. Ergo, when they paid that large sum of money to the soldiers, it doesn't say Roman soldiers, it says soldiers. Right. And those soldiers that arrested Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane were not Roman soldiers. They were the temple guard. Yeah. I think that the Romans did what they did when they were with Pilate. When you get into Herod and the chief priest, you're talking about, and the Romans, three different entities that are in Jerusalem. Just like today, we have the Christians, yeah. Muslims, and Jews. Okay. So that's your opinion. It's an informed opinion, uh, since you are a soldier, and that. That's right. It is that. And I think that they were worried about what was going to happen. And maybe, and you're right, they, had, they were used to getting their way. They were used to being able to manipulate the circumstances any way that they wanted to, and people would believe them. And they'd have, they had lots of money that they could bribe people if they needed to. And that's essentially what they did here, was they bribed people and said, don't worry about it. The funny thing is, this is the, the same disciples that just a few hours earlier are denying that they even know who Jesus is. And they and they really think that this story will is something that will make sense, that the disciples came and stole the body when they're afraid to even admit that they knew who he was. That's just, that's crazy. So they took the money, middle of the deal right there, they took the money right there, they took the money and did as they were instructed. And this saying is commonly reported among the Jews until this day. Now, uh, Luke is probably written in about 50, about 50 AD. So this is 20 years later, Luke is saying. And they still believe that to this day. 20 years later, they're still telling this same story. Um, then the 11 disciples went away into Galilee that's jumping way far ahead because Jesus actually shows up that night. They're hiding out from the guards because they're still worried that they're going to get arrested. And they 
uh, maybe they've heard the story that they stole Jesus' body and they think they're going to get in trouble, but they're in the locked room and Jesus shows up in the middle of them and, and says, peace out. And the, so, but eventually they go to Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Now see, there's something missing here. But, uh, yeah, there's, a, there's quite a bit missing. I don't know if Matthew was running out of paper or what happened, but, but he winds up the story very quickly, like a Netflix series that they don't renew, and suddenly just it's over and without very much. That's kind of what happens with Matthew here, because there's days and weeks, and it seems almost like, well, well, we'll get to that in a second. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some still doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. And that's the end of Matthew. But those two short paragraphs are at least a month's worth of things that are going on um, because Jesus meets with them in Jerusalem and then a, about a week later is when Thomas gets to see him. So that happened on a Sunday night of Resurrection Day and one week later plus one on Monday is when Thomas gets to see him. And I think that that actually happened in Galilee. They've all gone north after a week, uh, several days of traveling. They get up there and they meet with Jesus. But they also eventually come back because Jesus is, when he ascends into heaven after his 40, 40 days, he uh, does that from the Garden of Gethsemane he, uh, or the Mount of Olives. That's that's where that happens. It's back in Jerusalem, and that's when he tells them to go. If we look at, um, I think we got, this is the beginning of Acts, and it's written by Luke. So when, when Luke says, the former account I made, which is Luke, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach until the day in which he was taken up, after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs. So he ran around up there in Galilee for a long time. And one of them, I think it's the, I think it's probably the night that he met with Thomas. It says the, they were afraid of him and didn't didn't think he was real. And he says, "Give me something to eat." <laughs> and he eats some fish and the, and he and he swallows it and everything. And he said, "See." I, I'm real. I'm just a regular old body. And he, and he ate stuff. And uh, so that's some of the infallible proofs being seen by them 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God, which is what he spoke all along. Um, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem. So he's come back to Jerusalem but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me for John truly baptized with water. That was John's baptism with water. 
but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when we talk about all the different kinds of baptism, that, that's one of the references that we have right there. But you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him and he said, Lord, uh, will you at this time restore your kingdom? They keep wondering, when's that gonna happen? Uh, and this is 40 days after the crucifixion. Or it will happen now. And he says to them, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive, this is the biggie right here, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So he describes, you're going to start in Jerusalem, which is like Oklahoma City, and then you're going to branch out to all of Judea, the surrounding country, which is like the state of Oklahoma for us. And then he said, but then you're going to even go into Texas. You're going to go into Samaria, which is kind of like Texas to us, and to the end of the earth. It doesn't say ends of the earth. So it's there's different ideas about, is that how long it's going to be? Are you going to do it forever? Or are you going to, or is it going to go out to all the different places? I believe it means to the end, what we've always kind of quoted, ends of the earth. That's, it'll go out from there. It's going to start here. It's going to go out to there. And then it's going to go to here. It's going to go into the undesirable places and all the way to the end of the earth. Um, now, when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. So he's, he's standing in front of them and all of a sudden he goes up in the air and he goes into the clouds. Received him out of the sight and while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, I mean, they're just staring, what in the world? Behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. So here's angels again, who also said, men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so, so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. So it's, you'll get to see this again one day. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the Mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. How far is that? Anybody know? It's a half a mile. That was the, the law said that you couldn't walk over a half a mile on the Sabbath. So, and, and we've seen that before. Remember that picture I had of the, the temple mount? And then you go down in that valley and you come up the other side and you've got... Uh, the Mount of Olives, where the olive press was, where the grove was, and uh, where Jesus often went over there with his disciples and taught and prayed at night. Uh, so uh, about a Sabbath day's journey, so they travel back over into, into Jerusalem, and when they'd entered, they went into the upper room where they were staying, and then, uh, and then it lists all the guys that were there. They all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. Why is that notable? Mary's not incarnating. Because what? Mary wasn't incarnating. 
Jesus. She wasn't like Jesus. Yes. <laughs> that, that's right. Um, she was just a regular person. Yes. Now, she was a blessed person. Blessed art thou among women. Uh, among all the women, you are blessed. Uh, and she was the mother of Jesus. And I, I grew up w with with going all the way in the other ditch that we didn't ever, we were never, Mary was hardly ever even mentioned. And that's another ditch. Except for the Christmas story. Except for the Christmas story. But what's important, what's interesting to me is that this was a whole change in how you did religion. Because up to that point, women, if they studied, they studied with women and they studied separately. There's actually denominations that still do that. Um, but, but the picture here is what happens in the New Testament church, which is women and men are all together. And women are a part of everything that goes on. Yeah. And, the, and all, all the handful of Marys that are there and, and Martha and, and, all, and Lazarus is here, there's a bunch of people that are in that upper room and they're, I don't think anybody's more important than the other. He, I mean, he's listening. He's listening to all the women and the Mary, the mother of Jesus with his brothers. So was it his brothers. Was you taught that because it was too Catholic? Yes. Uh, we didn't have, when growing up, I thought, how come our, how come we have such ugly windows in our church? <laughs> because the Methodists had pretty windows. Methodists had pretty windows. Why can't we? Because we didn't have a cross in the church. I mean, they went so overboard in that, that direction of distinctions. And, and when you really think about it, all the denominations at some point have maintained, uh, we're not like those guys in all, in, in all different ways. And, um, very yeah, very petty. And so you know, Cheryl goes to Our Lady here, and um, and she, but she's a part of us, and there's not any difference. We have very good friends. We have a family that is part of that. And the thing that bothers me is they have Jesus still on the cross. <laughs> well, as a, as a memorial, and we, I mean. We have Jesus in the tomb yeah. until until Sunday comes, and so. But uh, th there's there's things that I was raised with in the church that I was raised in that I say that I can say. Well, that's not the way it's supposed to be. I've learned from Scripture. I mean, we had uh, we had that the miracles passed away with the last apostle. If if. I mean, that's more broke than anything from any other denomination because that's stealing away the power. Um, yeah. the, there's stuff that you have no claim to if you claim that the gifts have all passed away. We've seen the gifts operate here. Um, we've seen words of knowledge. Nope, that didn't happen. That pa All that passed away with the last pause. You don't need that anymore. You got the Bible. Don't need any of that stuff anymore. And so I was raised that, you know, the Bible was all you needed. And I, I learned a lot, but I've learned a lot more since then, too. So, and you? The Lord, we all have. just want to say it was different because of his brothers. I'm sure his brothers were there after the resurrection with him. And 
They weren't before, but yeah, they thought he was crazy. But yes, you're right. Right. I really believe John when he says he's the loved one because they did scatter. But John was right there at the Jesus during the At the cross, that's right. Jesus looked right at Mary and said, Behold thy son, mm -hmm. speaking right to Mary. He didn't give Mary to one of the brothers. Yeah, I don't think his brothers were there. They come along afterwards. That's right. 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 Said, "Behold your son." Yes, that's right. Uh, but yeah, that, that would have blown my mind to see my brother come back from the grave. You know, like, I don't know what it would take to make somebody believe that didn't do. Basically, there, there they are in the upper room. And after these forty days, I'm sure that there was time during all that that the, that the brothers went. You think that's somebody else? I we grew up with him. That's the same Jesus that we've known all along. Eats the same, talks the same, you know. I gave him that scar when we were fighting, when we were boys. Um, with his brothers, eventually James, the, his brother James becomes, a, he becomes the uh, bishop of Jerusalem. And he grew up in the house with Jesus and his subject is words. His, say again? Words. Speaking the right words yes. daily. Yes. He said, just like the tongue. That, 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 yeah. Just like a rudder on a ship, that small little thing, all that it can do. Right. The book of James is written by Jesus' brother. Throw the tongue, you're right. Right. That's right. So we're going to stop right there. That's actually in the book of Acts. But I wanted to get the, the end of that. The end of the story, the Jesus story. Then the rest of Acts is about the beginning of the, the church, and, um, and we've actually studied that before. But that concludes our study of Matthew, and I've enjoyed it. I hope you have. I, we've tried to move along and not get stuck, but, um, but it's, it's... 21. Do what? 21. That's, it only took us 21 weeks? Is that what you're saying? Cool. Awesome. Thank you. I feel better about that. <laughs> that we didn't even take half a year to go through the, the whole big long book. Um, I mean, chapter 26? Yeah, there's only a couple. You scared the fool out of, of 26 weeks, out of, out of a half a year or so. Um, I'm not sure what we'll study next. We'll see what happens. Y'all pray about it. We probably will go back to an Old Testament. That we've gone Old Testament, New Testament every time. So let me is there any other word? We're living in the epistles. So I think that's where we should be. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'd be good with that. I'd study I'd study 
Romans, Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. I just study all those all the time. I love those. I mean, I Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, those four books that, that are, are just about the church. Uh, and I think that they are all, most of what we need to be able to function as a church. Ephesians is a relationship book hmm? with God. With, the, mm. with one another. One another, yeah. The church. Ephesians is where you have the this, this stuff about husbands and wives, uh, parents and their children, and then slaves and masters, which for us is employers, employees. But um, yeah, that's that's in Ephesians. And the Ephesians and Galatians are almost like partner books. They have, they're very similar. So, but we'll see. We'll see. Maybe we need to. You, maybe we need to. I think a lot of times we need to go back to the basics. Amen. And which is one of the reasons why we studied the gospel. Yeah. yeah. You know, I thought it was so interesting we were talking about Jesus and John. You know, Jesus is the son of David, and David had this connection with Jonathan, and it said that they loved each other and that they loved their own soul. Right. Like right. And it gets interesting because the one he loves is named John. Uh-huh. So you have That's David and you have John. Right. Love each other as their own soul. This How about that? Yeah. That's very similar to David and That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That'd make a good story, huh? <laughs> Let me pray for us. Father, thank you for this beautiful day. Thank you for the rain that we received. Pray for more. Um, pray your blessings on all of our group, this group that has met so regularly for these last few years. And I pray, um, I pray a blessing on those who are not present with us right now for whatever reason. For Barbara, as she's at home, I pray that you'll just, I'll, I pray that she'd know a sense of your love and that it, uh, that that she'd know the love of this part of her church family, uh, even even right now, this very moment. Bless us as we go from this place. Um, watch over us and protect us. Bless our families. And um, Lord, that every place that our foot touches the ground, that we would spread the love of Jesus, that people would see Jesus in us, and everywhere we go, that we would be aware that that is a that is part of our purpose is to to spread Jesus everywhere we go. It's in His name we pray, Amen. God bless y'all.